Jensen Captains to M-Class Email, the show where we read your emails and we tell you whether they suck or not. No, we just <laughs> read them and talk about them. I'm we Jeff. talk about that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm the other guy, Josh. The other guy, Josh. I'm like that movie, The Other Guys. Is that the movie with, uh, what's his name, Hottie McHotterson and Russell Crowe? Is that uh, that one? Is the other guys is like a football movie, isn't it? <laughs> now I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know from the beginning. Sorry, everybody. Um, I'm just trying to derail us as much as possible. <laughs> it's my sole purpose my, in life. My dinner is coming soon, and I'm I'm scared I'm gonna miss it. And I'm jealous, so I'm trying to prevent that from being. Josh a thing. is like fucking eating food in front of me. What are you a king? You have food. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start this episode of M-Class Emails off right by reading an email from somebody whose email got sent to um, our, like, it, Gmail shunted it off into the promotions tab. Oh, sure, yeah, why not, why not, promotions even, tab, even we need it's that. it's from somebody who writes into us all the time. Gmail is bullshit, and I've been saying it for fucking 15 years, and yeah. nobody wants to believe me. It uh, sucks. I, I hate I it. I absolutely hate that they do the tabs for stuff, because stuff it's gets so lost into them all the time. fucking stupid. Um, the email is entitled DIY Peyote. Okay, do it yourself, Peyote. And it uh, begins, hey there, Trekkie Bees. What's up, babe, Baby. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. Uh, I was just watching the Q episode where he teleports the Enterprise to the Borg Cube, and seeing John Delancey made me wonder what would happen if John Lovitz would guest star on the show. If he was a Q, holy shit, that would be amazing. <laughs> so here's the kind of peyote, but it's mostly just guidelines, and I'm going to let uses guises do the heavy lift. Oh, we're going to do all the work. Good. This sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I wanted to do. Okay, let's do it. John Lovitz can be a Q or another type of character, but he has to be his usual obnoxious, funny, annoying self. As a yeah. bonus, he could dunk on Wesley for being a Wesley all the time in the most mm. brutal way imaginable. He has to have at least one long scene where he's alone with John Delancey. Imagine how that would turn out. Yeah. The, the B-plot has to linger on Worf a lot because Michael Dorn is cool and Worf is too. So the, the, we need Worf in this? All right, sure. Uh, under no circumstances should there ever be a mention of Reginald Barkley. How awesome is it that that dude's name is Reginald, by the way? Why do you want him to not be in the show then? This is an all-over-the-place email. I love Barkley. There's a lot of inexplicable rules being placed into this. Uh, Am I in a, like a, a writing jam? Okay, it has to be about this, but it can't be this. You gotta use the word pillow. <laughs> uh, my starting idea would be either Lovitz is another cue that messes with our cue, calling out the sexual tension between him and Picard. Oh, get a bunk already, you two, and so on. Or he's uh -huh. a Borg. Like a super evolved one, and the crew wants to find out how a Borg can have that excruciatingly much of a personality. That's like a that's like that um, uh, Rick and Morty episode where uh, what's his name, Patton Oswalt is like a Borg. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're all they're all him. They're all Patton Oswalt. Dude, I would absolutely love John Lovitz as a Q, though. That's a missed opportunity. Right a Q there. would be great, and like, yeah, it's just that they're we call it like two Q or something, and like, there's just two of them, and like two Q, two furious, two Q, two two curious, curious, <laughs> curious. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah oh, there it is. Two Josh Q, did two it. curious. He did it, everybody. And like, maybe they're like fighting over like what they should do with the planet, like what stupid Q thing they need to do, and the Enterprise <laughs> shows up and it's like, we cannot get involved in this Q nonsense sense but they do something like that right yeah I, like one of them like one of them is wants to let an asteroid hit the planet and like john delancey doesn't or the other way around would be better probably like i think the best way to set it up is the john delancey q is he set up another trap to fuck with the enterprise yeah the q continuum sends john lovett's q to bring our q back like the, he's like a like a performance like, like he's like a like a what do they call that when you get like graded at your job like a he's performance an review he's an evaluation yeah. officer yeah and he's like well Dude, watch you fuck with these that people. would be a million times better actually he's not there to take RQ back he's there to rate his performance, rate his performance. as a Q <laughs> yeah yeah but like really they're like like at the end it's like well I was sent here to bring you back Q because. 
you're just out of control, you know? And, like, it's John Lovitz being, like, a weird idiot. He's, he's just, like, uh, judging him the whole time. And, like, I would have sent the meteor upwards instead of downwards. Gonna have to deduct some points for that one. Yeah, and he's just really nitpicky, right? And, like, yeah, at the end of the episode, he's just, like, maybe the best ending would be uh, the blonde Q from the episode where Q turns human. Oh, uh, shows up at the end of the episode, and he's Corbin like, Burnson. Corbin Burnson Q. Oh yeah, he's from, yeah, he's from LA Law. Like when that show was when that episode was made, he was a really famous actor. Oh, like wow. he was in tons of shit. Like he shows up, and it turns out that John Lovett's Q is another escaped renegade Q, <laughs> and he's not really from the continuum at all. Yeah, he's just like like Q who no, shall not be named yeah. and he, he just like goes crazy trying to get away from the other Q at the end like I'm not going back there you know you can't take me yeah. uh, and there's no point or moral to the whole no. thing at the end of it Picard just face palms and that's the end of the episode and he just goes <laughs> uh, anyway can't wait to hear what you would do with the premise and now you have there you go there you go we did it is a good day to die best kaplaz Anal D. Moore, second assistant to the chief writing editor, Satellite Triple X. <laughs> Anal D. Moore, not bad. That's really genius. Um, P.S. Finally get on. Uh, finally got on that Patreon. M class Discord rules. Hell yeah! And fuck yeah! You can get on that Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast, where uh, every dollar you send us to the future. Helps us, uh, I guess we just shovel it into the reactor to keep Satellite M afloat. I don't know. Yeah, we don't really need, mo- I mean, we, I'm in character now. <laughs> we don't really need money, Wink. Wink, wink, please. Wink, we need please. It. We need money. <laughs> Thanks for that email, though, Anal D. Moore. <laughs> if that's right. your real name. It's getting better. It's getting better. Um. Wow, this is this is a long one. Um, <laughs> it's not that long. Um, our next email is from Harker. Harker, and it is entitled "Ya Largely Absent Boy Harker." Welcome back, Harker. Holy shit, Jeff and Josh, it me, your aggressively casual boy, Harker. <laughs> Been a super long time since I messaged you guys. Life kind of took a fat shit, but I figured new year, new hopefully more communicative me, you know? Nice. Sorry about your fat shit yeah. life. Fat shit life ain't the greatest. Ain't the best. Firstly, I wanted to say you guys did great with the Doppelgangers collection. Shit was killer. Did we mention the porn series Doppelbangers at all during that? That's a that's a ball drop if we didn't. Because that's we definitely really a thing. On that <laughs> um, but forget those compliments. But because it's time for a pod, baby. Okay. Yeah, we call them peyotes around here. I had to. I had to remember. <laughs> I had to like do the math in my head on that one. I'll try and keep these relatively brief. Please recall that I'm a dumb dumb, so I'm probably gonna mischaracterize the shit out of everything. It's all right. It happens. We open on the charred remains of Wesley Crusher smoking on pitch the floor it. of the bridge post an attack from the Borg. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pitch it too. Yeah, that's fine. We don't need to rest of that one. <laughs> a, a groggy Picard commands Riker to begin assessment so that they might discover what prompted the assault. It's then that Picard is hailed by the Borg cube. Do the Borg hail? Whatever, fuck it. It's yeah. the Queen. She addresses Picard saying that the Borg have attacked because they found a powerful life form worthy of assimilation. Hmm. But you already assimilated me. I was Locutus, the greatest Borg of them all. This sounds exactly like something he would say. The Borg <laughs> no longer possess an interest in you, Captain Picard. The Collective realizes that your perceived might could only be partly attributed to yourself. Huh. There was one on your vessel whom we deemed as far more worthy of being assimilated. Picard's typically controlled ego experiences a minor slip. More worthy than Locutus, he says, sipping his <laughs> official Federation beer stein. Could there even be such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Quite, it seems. Uh-huh. Suddenly, Riker rushes onto the bridge. You didn't ask for permission to enter Riker. Fuck off. Wow. Captain Riker gasps, breathing heavily. I checked all the main characters. They're all okay. Troy, good. Crusher, Worf, Data, Jordy, and me. Riker. (laughs) 
Picard whips his head back to the view screen. The gears beginning to turn as the queen cracks a faint smile. Mother fucker. Picard dashes towards the door, taking a momentary pause, allowing it to open with a hiss. He begins bounding through the halls, jumping over dead NPCs and extras. He streaks past the barracks, the Ambo Jutsu Dojo, and even the Walmart, until he arrives at 10 forward. Guinan is gone. Lady Guinan! <laughs> Upon his return to the bridge, we see that the Borg Queen is laughing at her cyborg victory. What the fuck, Picard bellows, his voice appearing to shake the ship. You stole my bartending vizier? <laughs> Precisely, says the cyborg queen with an almost mechanical precision. But why? Why have you done this? Another Borg comes in from the bottom of the monitor. It's obvious that, yes, the Queen has had them literally squatting off camera simply for dramatic reveal. That sounds like the Borg. It's, it's her. Guinan. Guinan? Wow. Guinan is no longer. I am now only known as Lotutus. <laughs> there it is. Picard removes Set up, his, slam dunk. <laughs> Picard removes his sunglasses as the audience wonders where the rest of the main cast are. <laughs> my God. All my best advice. Advice that brought you many accolades and self-discovery now belong to the Borg. Resistance <laughs> is futile. Damn. What could this mean for the crew? What could this mean for the Borg? Is the queen finally going to get back out there and start dating again with the help of Lotutus and potentially <laughs> some liquid courage? Dude, you got it. Dude, it's I like don't a, fucking know. It's like an assimilated bike. You got to get back on it, man. But what I do know is how much I love this show and how much I look forward to it every week. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the interstellar work, guys. Trick boys. <laughs> Signed, Harker. P.S. Thanks, Harker. Please let the Discord know that my lack of presence isn't anything personal. Everything on there, everyone on there is super nice. I'm just a little baby bitch who feels too uninformed to add anything to the conversation. Well, everyone keeps changing their names every five seconds, so it's hard to know who's who. <laughs> you could have been there the whole time. <laughs> oh, Harker's been missing? Who knew? <laughs> I thought he changed his name to Spoopsie Poopsie or whatever the fuck. Dude, you know that after this episode oh, comes fuck. out, yeah. there's going to be a Spoopsie Boopsie in there. Spoopsie too. Oopsie, it's gonna be oh, that's no. gonna be the second one. I'm yeah, excited yeah. for that. Yeah, I anyway, can't wait. I can't um, wait. <laughs> our next email is definitely from Rich Masters. What? And it is entitled "Another Rich Masters Classic" from me, Rich Masters. Yes. Okay, I'm ready for this Rich Masters classic. Hey guys, it's me, Rich Masters. Sorry Hi, about Rich. that. Sorry about that wacky impersonator from last time. Imitators have such a tendency to crop up when they catch the scent of quality on the wind, rapidly seeking to make their own ill-begotten successes. He said ill-begotten, which is a big word. This is rich for this sure. Is for sure, rich. This time, like when America thought they could make their own candy. Ha ha! The candy of my land is leagues above that of your own. Anyhow, I already said that. I know that. <laughs> I'm the one who said that. Anyhow, enough flap jawing from me. Here's what you've all been waiting for. Okay. Part three of my excellent home-baked Star Trek series starring everyone's favorite captain. Mm -hmm. We begin in a suffocatingly claustrophobic scene, a familiar-looking runabout resting uncomfortably close to a vast array of other myriad... Oh, my God, he wrote, like, a whole thing. Holy mother God. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Definitely Rich Masters. Uh, a bright spot... Uh, beneath the wing it's a ship right it's a lake and type 2 fucking just ship and it's illuminating a nameplate painted in predictably haughty style that reads the non-affluent thought <laughs> <laughs> this is like a fucking LSD trip of a story so far let me see if I can get through this reflected in its polished surface we see the structure around which the stifling assembly is arranged a somewhat dilapidated facility as if those who use it either abandon it or simply cease to make an effort to upkeep it where there should be a name displayed for the station, there's only a worn-out plate, bleached and weathered by the unforgiving conditions of a world indifferent to its meaning. Our focus okay. shifts from this plate to a window nearby in which we see everyone's favorite captain inside. You're not a captain anymore, damn it, says Captain Riker, quite clearly incensed with the Frenchman sitting across from him. <laughs> we Frenchman? You, you might have been able to get away with you may have been able to get away with things like this back then, but things are different now. The world yeah. is different and and so are you, a familiarly rough feminine voice interrupts him. Mistress Malort? 
bringing her fist down on the table with a... Did you do this whole email for a joke that only people in the Discord are going to be able to get? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, I'm doing that gif. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeannie L. sits across from Tom Riker's twin next to her. His former captainly brow furrowed with disdain <laughs> at the situation as a whole. Wow, that is a definite A-plus writing yeah, that uh, sentence. Uh, <laughs> unable to even bring himself to look at the bearded man who seems all too willing to look at him. Yeah. Mistress Malort, please, an, un- an aforeseen denob implores, reaching out to rest a hand on her visibly tense shoulder. Immediately, the fist on the table launches upward into the Denobulan's jaw, sending him flying backwards and into a tall stack of small canisters, their face swelling much like a balloon filled with too much air as the metallic cylinders clatter down around them. The the Tellerite spits on the plush green carpet of the small meeting room, her words dripping with disdain. Why is it green? How many times am I going to have to teach you this lesson, you striped-toed snitch? Wow. Well, that's the story. Off to hit the old cobblestoned path. Did you guys see the Mitch Rasters in this episode? No? Then go back and watch the episode again. Make sure you have the ads turned on this time, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is a million references. Toodaloo, pip to you. Rich, the, the best at Star Trek Masters. Um, wow. Okay, Rich Masters. Uh, you are not allowed to send emails in this long anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get this is a fun way to skirt around the Rich Masters role, but... <laughs> I, hope everyone, I hope everyone on the Discord enjoyed those references to characters no one listening is going to know. <laughs> I, this is how uh, serial uh, identity theft starts, Mitch Rasters. I want you to call 1-800-NJ.com <laughs> if you have a gambling problem uh, and I an identity theft problem. Oh, you do? Yeah, you yeah. Get yeah, gambling. Um, our next email is from C- uh, First Officer Seegerman of the USS Vasa. Seegerman, welcome. It is, it is entitled Licorice. Oh, the worst candy ever? Okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> it begins by saying I should adopt an optional Swedish accent, which I option not to do. Yeah, I'm not confident uh, that I could <laughs> hit a Swedish accent, right? Ensign Pennington and Ensign Henderson, hello. This is Starfleet Commander Johan Siegerman of the USS Vasa. Mm-hmm. In your transmissions during the last few months, I've noticed that you don't seem too fond of licorice. <laughs> Repeated mentions of how much you dislike it has led me to draw this conclusion. It makes me sad to hear this. However, Sweden has this candy that's licorice. I've had it before. It's called something, and it's also fucking disgusting. Sorry, Sweden. (laughs) You put licorice. Everybody listening to this was like, and it's good. No, it's good. (laughs) Oh damn! Zane's husband had it. I forget the fucking name of it. God, it's gonna drive me nuts. But it was, it was like Bob. Lick what? Bob. Fob. Yeah, Bob. B-O-B. Bob, like bombs over Baghdad. No, is that what it's called? I think I took a shot and I missed just then. So let's move on. <laughs> I thought you knew. I don't. Uh, I believe that you haven't tried the right type of licorice yet. Everybody in Sweden knows that licorice has to be salty, not yes, sweet. Yes, it's salted. That's right. Now it's tell me, salted. have you ever had salty licorice? Yes, That's proper licorice. Yeah, I've had your candy from your country, and it was fucking not good. <laughs> um, I, I like, I don't know, man. Like, I hate everything. Yeah. licorice. Flavor. No, licorice sucks. But I hate like, it. I love candy corn, so I understand where the frustration comes. I from also hate candy corn. So you, you like candy corn? I do not like candy corn. Oh, okay, I thought so. Yeah, like nobody, like about half the population hates candy corn with a passion, so I'm always hearing about it. So I feel you, that everybody's always shitting on licorice, but I don't like it. Yeah, no, licorice is like what they thought candy could be back in 1832. It is like that. It's like hint of sweetness, right? It's kind of candy, but it's also like medicine. (laughs) And it's also like shitty. (laughs) If you have tried it and didn't like it, try Salmiak. Salmak? So, that might have been what I had. Uh, I don't also, remember. Also known as licorice with ammonium chloride. 
It might sound scary and dangerous, but the only thing scary and dangerous about it is how good it is. Give it a Sol- shot, will you? Salmiaki candy? Look, a guy on the internet told me to eat ammonium chloride, so I guess I will. I found some, I found some uh, salty licorice, salmiac licorice candy. Diamond-shaped. I'm out. It's diamond-shaped. I'm not eating it. That's I don't need anything diamond-shaped except diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dragon. I only eat diamonds. Uh, I've given some Salmiac to the crew, but so far it seems that only Swedes and Tellarites like it. <laughs> anyway, that makes I hope sense for Space Pass Cross at some point, and I can treat you to some proper licorice, <laughs> Sir Stroming, or some other Swedish delicacies. Now, I've heard Sir Stroming. Sir Stroming? Sir Stroming? Yeah, I would love to eat your food. I love eating different foods, but I've had your candy, and uh, no offense, uh, no thanks. <laughs> um, he... He signs off with um, Swedish, which I can't speak and have never heard spoken, so I'm sorry. Yeah, don't try. And says, First Officer Seegerman of the USS Vasa. P.S. The original ship Vasa only got 1,300 uh, 1300 miles out of her ship dock on her maiden voyage before a wind threw her to one side. Her center of gravity was too high, and she tipped over. That's the one they found, right? It's like in a museum now. Uh, she then hit a rock and sank. We haven't left space dock yet, but luckily there isn't much gravity in space to tip us over, even if we hit a rock. Um, that's where all the gravity is. <laughs> and they signed again with Swedish uh, com- uh, Commander Johan Siegerman of the USS above mentioned. Well, Johan Siegerman, I would love to hang out and eat your food. Thank you. Yeah, I would try anything. Like yeah. The- I've started doing this thing as I've gotten older where if I don't like something and I know I don't like it, I try it try every it again. couple years. Yeah, I do, I do that too. I did that with sauerkraut. I fucking hate it. Dude, I but fucking every, hate yeah, sauerkraut. It's disgusting because we don't, as human beings, we don't need to eat fermented food anymore. We have fucking refrigerators. <laughs> like, we don't need it. It's true. You know, the other day I found out that, like, there are people who think pickles are, like, the weirdest fucking most disgusting thing on Yeah, Earth. some people really hate pickles. I but, love like, pickles. I love pickles, dude. Yeah, like, me too. dill pickle is one of my favorite fucking things. Yeah, pickles are amazing. <laughs> um, somebody's listening to this like, what? Uh. Probably. I like to stick them on my butt, too, and then eat them? Makes them better? <laughs> Look, I would try anything once, even if it's licorice again. I'll try it. Yeah, every now and then I'll eat like a good and plenty, and I'll be like, nope, still terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't like good and plenty either, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, our next email is from Boston Sean, and it is entitled Discovery Hot Takes, so I'm excited for it. Oh, man, hot, Discovery Hot Dogs? Let's do it. Hot Dogs? Hot Dog. Um, it begins, Breck Toys... Hey guys, uh, big yes. fan of Saru here. Uh huh. So I just finished Discovery and I had some opinions that are exclusively mine. So here are some takes hot and fresh out of the oven. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Man, someone in that writer's room is really curious about the turbo lifts. They use the lift network as a scene transition in almost every episode. Mm-hmm. Now, I for one love to discuss the minutia of Star Trek, but I've never cared enough to see the winding roller coaster that is Discovery's elevator system. Someone yeah. did, though. Someone did. They're just elevators that also go horizontal. Like, it's not very yeah. difficult to imagine this. Like, it's uh, not amazing. You know what I mean? Like... I get no, it. It's not. Um, I understand. Makeup and special effects look really good, though. They earned that Emmy. Trek you later. Signed Boston Sean. Was senior, that the hot takes? <laughs> senior mixologist on the USS Ben Franklin. Phew, those are super hot. Um, Dude, I burned myself on that take about not liking <laughs> elevator scenes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, they're, it's dumb. I, honestly, I haven't watched it since we had to force ourselves to watch it, so I don't really recall it that much, but I'll take your word for it that they use it a lot. I probably didn't notice it because it was probably the least stupid thing I was looking at at the time. <laughs> yeah, there are parts that I just don't remember that people mentioned because I was just seething at other parts of it while watching. I was going blind with hatred, so my vision might have been blurred at that point, and I probably was like, oh my god. Um, Yeah, they won an Emmy, though, for special they, effects. For, yeah, makeup and special effects. Yeah, alright, whatever. There's I a, mean, a freeze-up. Like, the makeup is impressive, but... Yeah. 
it's it not, doesn't, it doesn't look, really serve a purpose. It doesn't look like Star Trek. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. Um, our next email is from Desrath, and it is entitled, Oh, How Interesting, but in Odo's voice. It's okay. just like, Oh, How Interesting. <laughs> okay. Hey, O Jafosh. So tomorrow in the Discord mentioned the other day that Rene Aubergenois wasn't actually French, but Swiss. 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 Yeah. And that got me thinking, what else don't we know about the late, great Rene? Probably a great many things. Well, after delving into the depths of a shallow Wikipedia hole, I found a crop of fun facts to share with y'all. Ooh, how interesting. He was big into Laser Floyd. I know that. Uh, who isn't, though, right? Right, I know. Um, six years into his acting career at the age of 28, he landed not one but three simultaneous roles on Broadway. The next year, he won a Tony alongside Catherine Hepburn for her performances in Coco. Is she famous? Is she a good actor? I, th- I think I've heard of her. Yeah. Probably one of those <laughs> old people movies, yeah. am I right? It's me, Catherine Hepburn! Catherine Hepburn! I lived in Connecticut! That's her, uh, right? His father served in World War II on secret missions, including a mission meant to distract the Germans from Normandy during D-Day. During the Cold War, he became a celebrated Pulitzer Prize-winning war correspondent. Mm-hmm. His paternal grandfather, for whom he was named, was a leading Swiss post-impressionist painter. Really? <sighs> That's interesting to me, because I art. <laughs> I also art. I don't, I don't art. Uh, what you do is art. Yeah. <laughs> if what I do is art, um, performance this is where things art. get wild. Okay. His mother, Princess Laura Louise Napoleon Eugenie Caroline Murat, I wow, guys. that, was descended from Russian nobility by way of her paternal grandmother. Good thing they didn't get fucking like, what's his name? What was his name? <laughs> the guy who was crazy. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> we both lobbed one up today. It's fine. <laughs> Finally, one type of royalty wasn't enough. His mother was also the great-great-granddaughter of Napoleon Bonaparte's younger sister and her husband, the King of Naples. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's He's double nobility. He's fancy, man. Hope you fellas found that as interesting as I did. Keep your stick on the ice. Captain Desrath <laughs> of the USS Lollipop F. Good P. advice. S. I got a personalized Trek Boy license plate in the place that I'm from. Which is <laughs> pretty fucking dope. Oh, uh, we don't want to tell us what state you're from so we can go, like, steal I, your I identity. Know this, but he did not put it in there, I would so. not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, what good that would do. Here's the thing about what I think is funny about people blurring out license plates and shit in pictures. It's like, yeah, but they're always out all the time anyway. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> like, I can just look at someone's fucking license plate. Like, who gives a shit? That's true. I never like, understood that either. What can you do with a license plate? plate i don't know i don't know i honestly i don't know you steal their identity can you that would be impressive probably wouldn't it <laughs> um it seems like his mother was descended from um i mean like he's descended from french people yeah holy that Bonaparte's area younger sister was french europe right just europe um, shit but uh, that's pretty fucking cool. That was a lot of fun facts thank you for that email desrat i didn't know that and now i do I feel like I, I learned today, which is... Ugh. Ugh, what is this feeling? Uh, our next email is from Jason. Hi. And it is entitled, Toss a Coin to Your Trek Boys on Discord of Plenty. <laughs> I just watched that show, so I get it now. Dude, I, I really love that song. There's a remix that turns it into like a... A metal? Like hip-hop beat. Oh, I saw the metal one. The which hip-hop obviously. beat one is so fucking good. Is that in the game? Is that why everyone likes it? No, it's not. Oh, it's, it's just not. the show. Oh, okay. I thought uh, it was a reference to the game. I think they referenced the the Witcher 3 trailer at one point in the maybe. show. Uh, most of the references are from the book, I think. Maybe it's from the book. Maybe the trailer is referenced from the book, and maybe that's why I thought that that's what it was. I, mean, I don't they know. They do reference the game sometimes, though. Yeah. Um... Like when that part when he brings out that PlayStation 3 controller to fight a guy, and you're like, why is he doing this? This is a weird artistic take on this. <laughs> well, they do reference Geralt taking a bath in yeah. every scene of the Every Witcher, show, so. yeah. Every, well, he takes a bath with... Spoilers. There's some spoilers coming. He takes a bath with Yennefer, which I found to be pretty pretty cool. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of titties in this show. Like, there's just titties all over in this show. I felt bad, like, when she got hot. I was like, oh, I liked when she was, like, hunchy. Because, like, I don't know, she was, like, more interesting. Yeah, there's, like, I'm sure there's a million think pieces already written about this. About yeah. how, like, it's taking power away from disabled people. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, yeah or whatever, but like I think they play it well though because later she's like it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be right because they're like yeah you're she, so like, beautiful it takes a toll in a way she wasn't expecting right, right. and I mean those think pieces aren't exactly wrong but I mean it is right. just a dumb show about the it's literature. it's just a show <laughs> um, Jason writes hey Jeff and Josh during the I Borg episode you guys talked a little bit about novels that go through the origins of the Borg if anybody is interested I would recommend the Star Trek Destiny trilogy without what? spoiling too much it gives what I think is a pretty good past and future for the Borg and an interesting look at what might have happened to the characters after some of the series uh huh that's all for now. Love oh, you lots. I want you to spoil it for me. I want to hear about it. I want to. I don't want to. I wanted you to tell me. Uh, he of course signs it. Jason, sleepy boy, aboard the <laughs> USS Insomnia. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely look that up. I I am interested in that. I'll see. Like maybe if I can. There's like a big find it. used bookstore here that has like a ton of Star Trek novels at it. Let's look it up on Amazon. I don't really want to buy a book on amazon but we'll yeah we'll see what it looks like, like at least hopefully like they'll have it at the used bookstore and i'll i can pick it up there like that would be great to do an episode on like although it's a trilogy so maybe not i don't know <laughs> i uh i found a shirt that says star wars number one fan and has the enterprise on it that's ironic Dude, you're going to make so many Trekkies mad. Oh, so many people getting pissed at my shit. All right, I found one of it. Kindle is 10 bucks. Paperback's $24? What the fuck? Oh, there's a book one, Gods of the Night. It's got Esri on it. Uh, book two, book three has Riker on it with a naked lady. Let me zoom oh, in on this. Enhance. Ooh. Yeah, in computer, enhance. enhance. Clarify boobies. Or uh, thank you for that email, Jason. We are definitely looking into it very stringently right now. I found a Star Trek cookbook with Neelix on it. You're getting that for Christmas, Jeff. Oh fuck! I was hoping you'd never see that. Um, Look at it. Oh, it looks all like crap. I'm gonna get you this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll forget about it before Christmas. <laughs> Will I? Probably. <laughs> um, our next email is from Yakub and uh, Agata. I, mm -hmm. I'm fucking. Can't wait to hear about this one. Um, <laughs> it's entitled, Guys, I found this cool Star Trek action figure in the dollar store. Okay. It has a phaser and a communicator. It's, oh, it says Jimmy T. Kirk on the box. Don't make my mistake. Instead of going to the dollar store, go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate a dollar. <laughs> Fucking superb. What a great, like... 80s 90s commercial like <laughs> i just picture like all this neon and shit and he's like jimmy t kirk oh no mm, i should have invested my money <laughs> i did that thing where i asked the wife to write a pitch it or ditch it agata has seen mo uh, most of season one of tos and bits and pieces of the other shows okay what i learned is that she's apparently really good at coming up with trek episodes that already exist that's great she came up with, what if a Trill died and switched hosts, but someone they had feelings for pursued the new host? Which is the plot yeah. of Deep Space Nine's episode, Rejoined. Great, though. That's awesome. Yeah, that means, I, like, her her mind is in Star Trek world, which is always cool. When you're, like, in that gear of thinking like that, I think it's cool. Uh, a Trill commits murder, and their future host is blamed for it, which yep. is the plot of the DS9 episode, Dax. Yep. They find a primitive escape pod with eggs on it and discover it's from a fantasy planet where the local humanoids were exterminating dragons. A magician scientist who saw the error of their ways sent dragon eggs into space, hoping they might find a better place to live, which is basically the inner light but with dragons? I don't know about that one. <laughs> Somebody's been watching The Witcher a little too much. <laughs> I, I don't know about that one, Yaku. <laughs> 
here comes the original peyote. Uh, here comes the original peyote by Agata. Mm-hmm. The footage of the court-martial from the menagerie is shown in a Starfleet Academy lecture and is an example of how to debate general orders. Captain Pike saying, I can't get used to having a woman on the bridge causes confusion. The footage <laughs> is paused and a heated debate erupts over that statement. The male students learned the wrong lesson as they started treating women like they don't belong on stuff. Oh, so the internet. Why don't I just watch the internet for two seconds? This sounds (laughs) terrible. (laughs) They wear face scars similar to Pike as a sign of tribalism. When (laughs) news of this reaches Kirk, he beams to the academy and slaps every Nazi he can find. (laughs) Yours, Ensign Yakub, and Lieutenant Agata of the USS, did you take out the trash? (laughs) <laughs> is that the, is that the ship name? That's the ship. The USS wow. did you take out the trash? It's important to do that without being asked. I don't want Starfleet Academy to be full of Nazis. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I would no. I try to avoid such discomfort. <laughs> Not in my Star Trek, please. That's a fun one though. <laughs> Sorry if I mispronounced any names. I've literally never heard Polish in my life spoken. Nope. Me neither. Just, <laughs> j- just you know, never heard it. Our next email and our last email. Did is, I ever tell you? <laughs> is from Rich Masters. And holy shit, Rich! Oh man, this is so long. Anyway, uh, oh man, it is entitled "Alternate Picard Episode 3. Okay, we're on three. So we're on three. I thought we were on. Four? No, uh, we're on three. All right, all right. Salutations of the electronic kind, faithful boys of Trek. <laughs> See, this is how I can tell the real yeah. rich bastards. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like him. Glad you're enjoying so far. A, f- a few disclaimers before we, re- we begin. Jeff, bigger font as requested, but not obnoxiously big, hopefully, but also longer email as a result. (laughs) Oh, right, yeah, that makes sense. Happy scrolling. Additionally, no need for worry. I won't change the story based on any concerns or guesses, although I always genuinely appreciate the feedback from both of you. Oh, because we said, like, don't do that because we said it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, He... um, Oh, he mentions it in a second. So, uh, if there's anything else I can do to make these easier to read, Jeff, stage direction for scene changes, stuff like that, let me know. Can you draw me pictures? Yeah. Um, can you drop in some nudie pictures in between? Yeah, um, can you draw some nudie pictures of the characters, please? Now we're interneting. Please. Yes. Rule please. 69 or whatever. Oh, man. That's a good rule. You both get something. Um... <laughs> Josh, if you guess every character is the Borg Queen and one turns out to be the Borg Queen, that's not precognition. That's bingo. Um, Yeah, bingo's a game you can win, so I don't see the problem here. (laughs) For clarity, you and Jeff are also not the Queen. At least not in this story, winky face. Oh, shit. Well, there goes my life aspirations. Kevin. Nah, you're not there. You're swimming in your vault of Space King's money like Scrooge McCole. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Previously on alternate Star Trek Picard. Shit. It's a good name. Picard's new crew of ex-Borg, his dog, and former first officer, Rafi Musiker, are on the run from... Rafi Musiker. Mm-hmm are on the run from Starfleet after harboring a wanted criminal, a young girl named Dodge. More like they're on the fun. (laughs) Ha-ha! Dodge somehow has connection to the Borg. Maybe. She can remember Locutus' own memories. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. After stealing the remains of Captain Data, along with some Borg-encrypted Starfleet files from Graham's office, the crew steal the Stargazer from Utopia Planitia and get away in daring fashion. The Stargazer's the queen. (laughs) fucking you're on fire (laughs) can't help it born this way (laughs) only for Picard to realize he hasn't liberated data but his evil brother lore dun 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 shit he typed that in for me to say dun 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 Meanwhile, Admiral Graham has employed Starfleet Captain Tavir's ship, the USS Salea, to chase down Picard, bringing with her the first of many Data-slash-Borg hybrids that I forgot to name. <laughs> <laughs> I love... I By the way, this is neither here nor there, but I love the USS Salea. It's a great yeah, fucking name. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and now, the continuation... 
Picard starts a captain's log confirming that the Stargazer is headed to the neutral zone in order to hide. After Romulus's star went supernova, it created high levels of radiation that interfere with sensor functionality. He admits that being that close to Romulus will bring him no comfort, but that it seemed the only available option. You mean that close to not Romulus? Yeah, we're the space where Romulus used to be. And uh, the game you go to New Romulus, it's kind of pretty. Oh, I never made it that far. You could be a Romulus and go there immediately. I don't want to be a Romulus. You gotta do a lot of chores because it's like a lot of shit to clean up, so. <laughs> I don't want to be a Romulus. <laughs> Uh, he, he goes to save the log, but the old computer malfunctions, and he instantly abandons it with a wry huff, choosing to leave the ready room instead. That's pretty good. In the mess hall, Dodge works with Alpha and Beta, trying to break the Borg encryption on, Star- on Fleet Admiral Graham's files. Dodge asks why they are working here, and the Binar admit they refuse to work in the science lab, as it reminds them too much of their uncomfortable past. Dodge is working curious. as scientists in a science lab or working as scientists in a sex lab? Oh, shit. I think it's because they're Borg, but the second one is much hotter. Maybe. We'll see. I guess it depends on how the Borg fuck, whether it's hotter or not. Uh, yeah, probably hard with all that shit on their face. Dude, I bet their their junk just does not work. That would be totally superfluous for a Borg. Yeah, I guess they would just, like, take the materials they needed and just make a baby at, in a, like a tube, right? They like, would just uh, assimilate. That's how they make babies. Yeah, I guess. They assimilate babies, though? I guess they, they do. They assimilate we see them. everybody. Yeah, yeah that's um, cool. That's, that's not cool at all. Uh, I mean, no, no. It's uh, super not cool. I hate them. Dodge <laughs> is curious, and she asks Alpha and Beta um, about their own species collective pairing. Alpha and Beta hold hands and explain, making a clear distinction between a pairing based on their love for each other as siblings being different from what the Borg naively called a collective. Dodge admits that she has been alone for a long time now, that the pairing must feel nice. Mm -hmm. On the bridge, Rafi moves between stations, performing various duties while Number One watches her, almost checking her work. Well, help out, you fucking dog! Rafi narrows her eyes, stops, and goes to draw a phaser. What the shit? Prompting number one to bare his teeth and growl. It was a joke, mutt. Calm down. <laughs> Damn, so you can put a gun at a dog. Jesus. What a funny joke. <laughs> That's terrible. As soon as Picard enters the bridge, number one trots over to him happily, and Picard asks Rafi if he's been trouble. As much as usual, she admits. Picard asks why they can't just get along, and Rafi responds that they have a comforting mutual distrust. Number one barks in agreement. (laughs) Number one's like, (laughs) Does number one become a Scooby-Doo at any point? Oh, please. Fucking God. I'm not even kidding. That would be incredible. Uh, I don't want to undermine Rich's story, but he doesn't become a Scooby-Doo. We're giving him too many uh, good ideas again. From the mess hall, Alpha and Beta tell Captain Picard that with Dodge's help, they have broken more security seals on Admiral Graham's files. The information reveals that there's an inert tactical Borg cube on the edge of Romulan space. Rafi warns JL that this would be foolhardy, that they don't know what they would be walking into. Picard nods in consideration and then asks her to set course for the cube. Do it. Title, Thicker Than Water. What? Like blood. Like, blood. Blood. Picard has breakfast in his quarters, which isn't blood. He tries to read, but can't, then tries to listen to music, but turns it off in frustration. He doesn't like this ship. It's too uncomfortable. It's This isn't the Enterprise. The Enterprise had smooth corners and shit. This ship is old as dicks. There is a tiny, there is a timely chime at his door, and he opens it to reveal Dodge. He invites her in, only for her to complain that his dreaming kept her awake. Oh, great. He mockingly apologizes and confides he is having dreams from his time as Locutus, that he felt that the Queen trusted him, was grooming him to become another individual in the collective, much like her. Hmm. Much like was admitted in First Contact. Yeah. But that his dreams fade too quickly, and he can't grasp the context. Dodge knows. Says she experiences the same dreams. She can feel the touch of the queen on her head, the cold embrace. Mm. Now she is close to the other Borg crew on the ship. She can even hear their dreams, too. Great, this is fucking horrifying. Yeah, what a (laughs) creepy-ass fucking kid. Stay out of my weird number three dreams, girl. You're not (laughs) old enough. You're not old enough, yeah. (laughs) 
She can even sense a crew member she hasn't met. What? Picard says that one, too, was touched by the Borg, but that she cannot meet him. He's dangerous. It's lore. It's lore. Shit, dude. Picard goes to the science bay to see lore. <laughs> he is being held in a partially deactivated state by Seven and Hughes Borg force fields. He baits them, telling Seven the Borg looked far more lovely than the last time he saw them. Hmm. Hugh suggests that's because the last time was when he was experimenting on them to further his own goals. Yeah, one of them was like a fucking like fetus and fetu Borg, right? Oh, no. Like a fetal alcohol Borg. Oh, little Hugh, says Lore, you always did possess a distinct lack of vision. Damn. The absence of the Borg has seriously downgraded your IQ. <laughs> Hugh demands they kick the false prophet off the ship. Lore says he saved the Lost Borg, who have now formed the Cooperative. That in some ways, he is their founder. Maybe hmm. they should make him their king? Hmm. Why not? Hugh tries to attack Lore, but Seven prevents him, telling him his outburst might free Lore and give him what he wants. Picard asks Lore why his remains were stored so secretly, that if it was simply a body switch for Data, they wouldn't have had such high security. Lore says maybe they valued his winning personality. Great. That's great. <laughs> the ship arrives in the Omega Sector in Far Orbert. Orbert. In Far Orbert. Oh my god. I gotcha. In, far Orbit. Far Orbit of the <laughs> uninhabited Baratus 3, only to find no trace of the cube. Hugh shamefully. Klaatu Nikto Baratus 3. <laughs> is, that, is that why you named it that? Maybe. I know, I know about that. I know where you're um, going. That's a good reference. Uh, <laughs> Hugh shamefully admits that he remembers an old Borg trick of using the gaps between polar and lunar magnetic fields to mask a cube's energy output. Damn. Sure enough, below the South Pole, a tactical Borg cube floats in dead space. Oh, uh, they're scary Rudimentary looking. They are scary looking. They're the ones that have, like, the big shields, like, the big, like, like doesn't look like lights. It's, like, big shielded parts of it. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, rudimentary sensor scans are all that could be performed due to the stellar radiation, and Picard calls a meeting in the ready room before realizing that the only crew he has are on the bridge already. <laughs> he asks for opinions, and Seven suggests that whatever they do, be careful. Even a visual inspection of the Borg ship shows that it's not as inert as appearances seem. Yeah. Life support is definitely still somewhat operational, as she can see the ripples where gases are vented into space with her Borg ocular implant. Damn. Seven rules, dude. She's cool. Hugh is aggressive and argues that there might be innocent Borg on that ship in need of help. Potential allies for the cooperative's cause. Rafi is of the opinion that they should warp straight out of the sector and be on their way. Bye. Maybe destroying the cubes before they leave. <laughs> the crew start to bicker and Picard closes his eyes, feeling his age, before number one nuzzles his leg. Hmm. Picard cuts through the arguing, saying that in the old days he would often retreat to his ready room and consider the implications of each act. He might read or work, mulling the problem over. Then he would come to the conclusion and instruct his crew how to proceed. But those days are gone, as he is no longer a Starfleet captain. He wants them to listen to each other, to understand, to be the best of Borg and this microcosm of Starfleet they have created. Nice. Dodge points out that from what she understands of the two organizations, their bonds are of paramount importance to both, albeit for different reasons. All parties back down. And Picard tells Hugh and Rafi to develop a plan to try and rescue the Borg, but to keep their crew safe. Oh, we're going to get like a fucking crazy Borg crew. It's a rescue mission. <laughs> Shit, dude. Captain Tavir welcomes Admiral Graham aboard the USS Salea, along with her Borg Data hybrid, Commander Progeny. Not oh, bad. Terrifying. Not bad. Terrifying name. Yes. The Vulcan captain is shocked that her sensors picked up another functional Soong-type android beaming aboard, and Progeny replies that he is glad to be the first android in commission since the destruction of Captain Data some years past. Oh, God. Admiral Graham asks if Tavir has picked up any trace of the Stargazer, and Tavir confirms that the ship's trajectory is to be followed, they were heading straight to the Romulan border, but that it could just be as, just as easily be a diversion. No, Graham says, Romulus makes sense. Tavir gives the orders to head to the old neutral zone border. Is it really Seven a neutral zone anymore? I mean, it's sort of just no. like a wasteland at this point. It's just, it's just a zone yeah, at this point. It used to be here, don't have to worry about it anymore. 
Seven prepares to lead the away team of Rafi, Hugh, and the Binar Alpha, but Picard relieves her, saying that he needs to see that ship. Seven <laughs> I need to see would. that shit. <laughs> I need to see that shit. Uh, Seven says she would protest, but she has no desire to step onto a Borg ship ever again. Mm-hmm. Picard gives her command of the ship, and the away team beam over to the cube. I think it's interesting that he's like making her like that. I don't really picture her like that, but I'm willing to... I'm going to play along. <laughs> yeah, that's another conceit of the story. Yeah, I, guess. yeah, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot about Seven of Nine since like I, the last time I watched episodes heavily that had her in it was like 15 years ago. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she would act like that, but maybe she's much more human now or something. Who knows? I, Could be. I don't know. On the bridge, Seven asks Beta to do as comprehensive a scan as he can that something still feels wrong about this ship. Over on the cube, Picard and co. encounter nothing but dormant drones and search the cube for any further signs of life. Hugh goes to interface with the ship, eager to find out what's going on, but Picard suggests that that might be dangerous. Alpha goes to a physical conduit and powers it up slightly with a tricorder. He reports that the cube is running on sleep mode on extremely low power, except for one area of the ship, the main nexus. Hmm. Picard gets a... Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I pictured it in my head. <laughs> Picard gets a flash of his dream, walking down the corridor beside the Borg Queen, her hand on his head. He knows the way to the Nexus. Yeah. Maybe I was a Borg. Maybe you're wrong, Rich. Maybe I am the Borg Queen. Uh-oh. Wouldn't that be a fucking turnabout, though, if, like, at the end of this, he was like, and it was Josh the whole time. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> and Jeff was number one the whole time in a dog suit. <laughs> Old Ruh-roh. man Pennington. Ropecore. <laughs> um, on the USS Salea, Commander Progeny somehow gets information that the Borg Cube has been infiltrated, and Admiral Graham asks Captain Tavir to set a course for Baratus Three. How do they know? I guess because of the da- the data's right. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah, he's a data bo- Progeny is a data board. Oh so no! Knows. This is a terrible idea, Admiral. <laughs> stupid. Admiral, stupid pants. <laughs> Severe asks to speak to Graham privately and once in her ready room demands to know how she came by this information. Graham chastises her, saying that the information is classified and anyone questioning that is contravening Starfleet orders. Great, this Tavir is very... protests. Yeah. Stating that her grandmother was the first Vulcan to sail aboard a Federation starship as crew. What? There is, there is no Vulcan family more dedicated to the ideals of the Federation, not just Starfleet. Damn, we get like a T'Pol? Oh, is she fucking like, super hot like her grandmother? <laughs> her just grandmother? Yeah, they they live forever, right? Yeah, so, I yeah. guess it's true. They live for hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, upon leaving her room, she orders the ship to Baratus 3 and makes a note in the ship's log that is done under duress. Captain Progeny looks up from his station, but says nothing and leaves the bridge. Nice. On their way to the Nexus, Alpha reports that there are signs of a firefight and residual traces of Starfleet phase rifle blasts. <laughs> there was a firefight! <laughs> <laughs> Picard orders Hugh to open the door, and Rafi warns them all to be prepared, charging her own rifle. Back on the Stargazer, Beta's scan of the Borg ship is complete. There is a discrepancy in the shape of the cube. Seven asks her to bring up the scan, and it shows a solid lump on the underside of the cube, just on the cube's access port. Hmm. A ship-sized lump being slowly assimilated by the main Borg cube. Uh Uh-oh. She quickly warns Picard, but it's too late. They've opened the door to find... Free drones from the Borg ship, quivering in fear. They are confused, and Hugh tells them not to be afraid, that they're there to help. Uh Uh-oh. They are in poor shape, and due to the low power levels of the cube, starving. A few of them are already dead. Picard tells them that they're safe now, that they can come aboard the Stargazer. One of the drones stands and tells Picard that they were never hiding from the away team, and points down another pathway. Oh, good. That's not spooky at all. Oh, good. This is like a haunted nightmare house. Good. This is great. (laughs) Picard and Alpha walk down the corridor to find a Starfleet team partially assimilated, incriminatingly being changed before their eyes. Whoops. Or incrementally being changed before their eyes. It is still incriminating for Starfleet. It is. Uh, Alpha confirms that the rate of assimilation is much slower than usual, as if held back. 
The USS Saleya drops out of warp outside the sector, and Tavir asks her helmsman to take the ship in slowly. Admiral Graham, watching all, taps her comm badge. Commander Progeny, outside the comms room, receives the message and opens the door, injecting tubules into the panel and causing an untraceable malfunction. What the shit is happening? You're disabling your own shit. God damn it! <laughs> it's just the communications, though, so no one can... Co- to, like, Tavir can't contact Starfleet. Damn, this is fucked up, Admiral Graham, you bitch! <laughs> Back on the cube, Picard asks the drone leader to confirm what has happened. She says that when the transwarp conduit was destroyed, they were cut off from the collective and depowered like every other Borg vessel in the Alpha Quadrant, operating with only enough energy to keep a weak link between the drones so that they could communicate. In the years following, they became individuals, but still didn't trust the ship not to fully reassimilate them if hmm. they restored power. Cool. Horrifying. Then, yeah. <laughs> God, the Borg are so much more horrifying when you think about I, uh, it. I hope my second. house doesn't assimilate me. That would be fucking terrible. <laughs> they inadvertently reactivate the cube and were partially assimilated. <laughs> it laughs at them. <laughs> Shit! Oh no! The drones reactivated and reintegrated into the ship in order to power it down, but the ship is starting to win. They can't disconnect themselves. They're the only thing keeping the ship in check. Hugh is devastated. More of his people lost because of the Borg. He asks Picard if they have time to save them. Seven sends a message to Picard. There's a Federation starship scanning for them. They have minutes at most. Oh, good. Picard orders Seven to prepare for emergency transport. The drones explain that because they are so weak, if the ship sustains damage, it will reactivate and become a Borg vessel again, Uh assimilating them all. Picard asks if they have enough power left to activate the self-destruct. Hugh protests, but the drone tells Hugh... It's the only way. Yeah, he knows. Locutus knows. I mean, Picard. (laughs) But they are so weak, they would need another mind to bulk up their collective, she explains. Who's it gonna be? It's gonna be Dodge or Picard. (laughs) Picard orders Seven to remove the other three from the cube, not noticing that Alpha is already connected with the other drones. Oh, Alpha! Hugh and Rafi try to fight their transporter, but are beamed back to the Stargazer, and Seven relays that Alpha's life signs have become indistinguishable from the drones. Well, Beta's gonna be super fucked up now. Yeah, no doubt. Alpha thanks Picard for giving him and his sister a chance to be part of a family again, and for saving them so many years ago, then asks him to look after her. Picard nods, and asks Seven to beam him back. Hmm. The Saleya enters the area, and Graham orders the powering up of shields and weapons. Great, this Tavir, is <laughs> Tavir belays the order and asks her crew to hail the ship, but with Progeny's sabotage, the Saleya cannot talk to the ship. It looks Shit. like the Stargazer is blocking transmissions with Borg tech. That's what it is. This reluctantly convinces Tavir something is wrong, and she opens fire. The Stargazer is hit, throwing what little sensors they had completely offline. Seven is down in engineering, trying to give them more power. Picard maneuver. It's coming. Oh, man. Orders Beta to flee at maximum warp. When Beta asks to where, Seven points and says, away! Mm -hmm. They get only a few seconds of warp before the Mm -hmm. ship loses main power and drops back to impulse. (laughs) The ship is again rocked by sudden fire, which completely disables it, throwing the crew around violently as the Stargazer drops immediately out of impulse. Rafi points out that the hit should have been enough to penetrate their shields and hull in one shot. Whoever fired at the ship wants them alive. The Stargazer now coasts along with power at high speed, its own inertia carrying it through space as the Saleya pursues it. Down in the science lab, the loss of power enables Lore to get out of his containment field. Oh, no, you idiot! He violently smashing the device that was imprisoning him and asks the computer where the weapons lockers are located. <laughs> Would there be any? It was in a museum for fuck's sake. <laughs> in engineering, Seven and Dodge still work to fix the sensors, the shields, anything that can prevent them from being obliterated before Lore suddenly bursts in. He holds a phaser up and seems as if he's going to shoot Seven. Oh, God. I hope it's an old one. I hope it's an old phaser. <laughs> I had to do two, like a fucking TOS phaser. Yeah, like uh, like the movie phasers, you know? That would oh, be neat, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then he notices Dodge. He takes a look at her, smiles, and walks over to the control panel where he is quickly able to restore secondary power. That was easy. 
Shields and sensors are now operational. Captain Lore informs Picard in his best data voice. <laughs> That's really good. Rafi lets Picard know that the Federation ship has stopped, that it's only showing up on long-range sensors. By pure accident, they've crossed into the neutral zone, offering them a brief hiatus. Picard goes on the con, where Beta is obviously distraught about the loss of her brother. He holds her hand and tells her he's sorry. Beta says Alpha's last thoughts were that this collective was worth sacrificing theirs for, and she agrees. Hmm. Picard nods and sits back in the chair only for Beta to inform them they're getting unusual readings off their bow. As Picard tells Data to turn on the view screen, four new Tiber-class Romulan warbirds decloak. Fuck! <laughs> I'm imagining wide and sleek like the Valdora class from Nemesis, but in yeah. the ring shape of the classic TNG warbirds. Look yeah, at that's the, right. Rich, go look at the ships from the game and like... That might help you visualize. That's how they kind of are. They're very like new like that, but they're old too. It's kind of cool. He says, yeah, that's right. New ships from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> they received a hail from the ship, and Picard answers it. Back on the Saleya, Grand demands an explanation from Tavir, and she says that she still has the respect for the treaty with the Romulans. Mm -hmm. The Admiral seizes control of the ship and confines the captain to her quarters when she refuses. Damn. Or when she refuses, Progeny stuns the captain and transports her to the brig. What the fuck? That's T'Pol's granddaughter. She's hot as shit, probably, in my brain. <laughs> On the Stargazer, a familiar face fills the screen. Fleet Admiral Sela. What? Hello, Admiral Picard. The new Romulan Empire humbly accepts your surrender. Oh, man. To be continued. This is really interesting. Cause, so Rich is like hitting a lot of like game plot points too. Oh yeah? Yeah, so like Sela in, in the game kind of is in charge of what they what we would call like the the remnant, right, of the Empire. Like sort of in Star Wars it used to be called the Remnant. But like mm -hmm. now like she's in charge of like there's like two factions, right? There's like uh, Romulans who want the Empire to come back and then Romulans who want to sort of start over again. Just like it was with the Vulcans and the Romulans, right? Mm -hmm. So history sort of repeats itself in the game and I think Rich is getting to that point too. I think he's on a similar wavelength, which isn't really neat. And also in the new trailer we see the old uh, Romulan ships, the old warbirds. Mm -hmm. And in the game you get those because that's all they have left is the old ships, right? Kind of like the Stargazer. Yeah, everything else got booted yeah. up. So Romulans have to use them again because they don't have anything else. So that's cool. I don't know. I li I liked it a lot. I like I like it. Yeah, I really love this. Like we got into some real fucking like Picard TNG style. Yeah. Like deep thoughtfulness that I really appreciate. Yeah, it wasn't all about action again, which is which is cool. Like. I, I enjoy the uh, the T'Pol reference. I like that a lot. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, three down, seven to go. At this rate, Picard will outpace me, but I'd rather do something well than quick. Wink! Yeah, you're going to have to not watch it, though. Right? Uh, well, that'll be difficult. Well, no. For him, actually, for I'm him. I'm going to watch it. Well, honestly. Like, yeah, Rich shouldn't, though. Right? No, he shouldn't. It'll, like... I mean, if he can compartmentalize the stories right. completely, but that's tough. Um, that's that'd be tough. Yeah, I don't know if I could. I hope this one is slowing down a bit for you both. I had to get away from the premise of the show a bit before I started writing a bit more. I had to get aways from the premise of the show a bit before I started writing a bit more Star Trek. Yeah. So I hope this is more your cup of tea, Jeff. He N. just B. He just said it. <laughs> yeah, Jeff N B. Um, what does NB mean? No big. No biggie? No biggie. Yeah, no, yeah, no biggie. I'm not saying you dislike the others and understand your previous statements. T in a large part agree. Tiddly poop or whatever he says. Yeah. Dude, I fucking... I love the previous ones, but this is my favorite one. Yeah, this is the best one, I think, too. Yeah. I... I this is... This for it feels more like Star Trek, but also it feels more like Rich. And I, that's what I really like. I like Rich's writing a lot. I think, yeah. like any like sequel, and and we used to talk about like with prequels, like you're handcuffed to the like a premise. But sequels have gotten to that point too, where they're like, well, we need to be 
handcuffed to the original thing, you know, I, I don't know. I think this is the best one he's done for this. Oh yeah, this is this is like one of my favorite episode treatments he's ever written. Actually. Yeah, like, yeah, this is this hits all the marks w- without any pretense. Like there are like little fan servicey moments that, but they're yeah. like, tiny and they're moved on from immediately. No, that's and, like yeah, that's the episode okay. stands completely on its right. own. That's I like that's the thing like with references and what Star Wars has done really terribly is it's just heavy handed. Especially, like, in my opinion, in episode seven and shit. Uh, and a lot of things do that badly. Like, um, obviously... Rich has uh, got a good handle on yeah, it. Rich is, like, yeah. Ever since he started writing to us, anytime he includes anything fan service, it's yeah. in service of the story. Right, it makes sense with as the story. As much as it is the fans. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely, and I've said this a million times, but I'm genuinely incredibly impressed at Rich Master's writing. Yeah. But I would like, like to Rich um, Master bait him. <laughs> Whoa! Only if I'm invited. Uh, yeah, it's not called a three-way because it's a two-way. Those are wise words. I might get that tattooed on the Vulcan script, honestly. Green, uh, green blood, up. green tug. <laughs> or cum. Cum would work. I don't know. Is there cum green? Maybe. Probably. Um... <laughs> Love y'all like Rich loves y'all. Signed, Rich, Lieutenant Commander of Stellar Astography aboard the USS Badoink. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> I want to be put po- po- posted on that fucking ship, dude. Get me on there. Yeah, post me up on the Badoink. Yeah, I bet there's like so many fat butts. Ah. Oh man, a true haven. Ugh, who needs Look. to go to Riza when work is your Riza? Man, Riza me, Riza my dick, you know. <laughs> well, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's been a long day. If you, uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in. We appreciate all your emails, and we had a great time reading them. And if you would like your email read on the air on this fun, fun show, you can write in to mclassemail at gmail.com. And you can write in about literally anything. It doesn't even have to be Star Trek. It could be about whatever. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The only ground rule being, um, please don't send us a very long email. Yeah, not too, too long. Because it's Um, hard to read. Because emails are hard to read. Also, words are hard to read in general. Yeah. I mean, like... I don't know how I make it seem. Maybe it seems like it's easy and maybe oh, yeah, it seems you like do. it's hard because I sound like an idiot. No, but like, not, you do a great job. Reading that much text out loud in a row is like, there's a reason why they pass the baton to the next kid in class yeah, to read the next Romeo and Juliet exit. It's hard to do. <laughs> um, but it is fun and I have a great time. And thank you to everybody who wrote in and thank you to everybody who just listens. You can follow us on Twitter for more M Class in your inbox no your feed your mm-hmm. twitter feed mm-hmm. at m class podcast thank you again become a patron patreon.com slash m class podcast where for as little as a dollar you get access to all kinds of shit like extra podcasts commentary tracks wallpapers discord so much more it's worth it it is worth it <laughs> and it keeps us alive which i think is worth it yeah i think that's it's- like the number one goal right is my life <laughs> being sustained yeah i'm trying to um eat food like a king i'm trying to eat pray love man <laughs> trying always trying to eat pray love live laugh eat pray love. live laugh that's eat pray love that's gonna be on a shirt and we're gonna get um, <laughs> you know what thanks for the millionth time and we will see you next week for more m class goodness bye-bye bye bye